Hey there, John Morris here with johnmorrisonline.com and welcome to another episode of the John Morris Show. And in this episode, I'll be answering another one of your questions. And the question I'll be answering today, again, received over on Cora.com. The question is, what are the biggest obstacles for freelancers to get clients? Now, before I dive into the answer to that question, I want to make sure and remind you that I am asking for your feedback as I've mentioned previously, I'm in the process of creating a brand new course over on Udemy all about the truth about making money on Elance and Odesk. And I've recorded most of the lessons. I'm in the process of editing it and I'll be releasing it soon enough. But I want to make sure that I cover everything and I answer the questions that you have directly. So if you could head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash Elance, that will take you to a one question survey that I have available there. It is quick. You can answer it in probably about 30 seconds and it will help me to make sure that I'm answering all the questions you have about making money on Elance and Odesk. All right. So again, that is johnmorrisonline.com slash Elance. I would greatly appreciate it if you'd head over there and let me know what questions you have. All right. So what are the biggest obstacles for freelancers to get clients? There are three reasons why people don't hire you. They are, they don't want what you're offering, they don't believe you, and three, they don't believe in themselves. So if you apply for a job on a freelance site, someone contacts you via email, whatever it is, and you're talking with someone and they ultimately end up not hiring you, chances are that it's one of those three reasons why they didn't hire you. All right, so let's go through each one of these. First off, they don't want what you're offering. Now, in general, it's good to take some time and think about what it is that you're offering and to verify the market for it and make sure that there's people out there that are actually actively ser searching for that service. Now, in the web design, web development niche as a whole, that's pretty established. We know people are looking for websites to be built or looking for applications and so forth. So we don't necessarily have to verify the, the market as a whole. However, if you're following the vice that I always harp on, which is targeting a specific niche and offering a very specific solution to a very specific problem then it's worth taking some time to see if people actually are out there that want that solution. So if you're offering you know, the next big crazy application or next big application that you think is going to solve this huge problem, but there's nobody out there that is looking for that kind of thing, then it may be a good bet that there's a reason why. Now, it could be that people don't know they have that problem, and then you would just have to understand you're going to have to do a more, a little more work to convince people that they have the problem that you're solving. Uh, however, in most cases you'll find, especially when we're talking about services, if you can't find a market for what it is that you want to know, it's probably because people don't want that solution or that service in very great quantities. There's always exceptions to that rule, and I'm sure you could name some of them off the top of your head. But it's easy to think, it's easy to get caught up in this notion that because there's exception, 
exceptions that the thing that I want to do has to be an exception. The chances are it's not. So you just need to kind of embrace that idea, make sure you do your research, and make sure you're going after a market where there's actually people searching for that solution. That's what's great about freelance sites because there's so many jobs posted there that if you're not finding those uh, those posted on freelance sites, the, the service that you're wanting to offer, if you're not finding people who are posting jobs for that specific service, there's a good chance there's not a great market for it. So uh, you do want to take some time and make sure that you're selling people what they actually want. Now, there's another side to this. It's not just about making sure there's a market for what you want. It's also about making sure you're talking about it in a way that they understand. And this is, a again, a big mistake that I see a lot of freelancers, and especially freelance web developers and designers make, is that they, on their profiles and their websites and, and so forth, when they're talking about what they do, they talk about the languages that they know. I can tell you that nobody, there's not a single person, well, okay, there's not a single client, maybe developers out there, but there's not a single client out there that wants CSS. I can promise you that. What they want is what the CSS does to your site. And that's the terms that you need to talk to them in. Not, I know CSS, or I know HTML, or I know PHP. Clients don't care about those things. They barely even understand them. So you need to talk to them in terms of what the languages can do for them and the specific package of services that you offer. So you build membership sites or you build WordPress themes or you do long-term maintenance of Joomla sites or you help install Drupal. You need to talk to them in terms of what it is that they are actually after and the more specific you can get with that, while still making sure that you're serving a viable market, the better because you're going to have less competition and you'll naturally be seen as a specialist and specialists just simply earn more and are valued more than someone who's a generalist. So yes, make sure that you're selling people what they want. Also, make sure that you're talking about it in terms that they understand because if you're not talking about it in terms that they understand, then they're not going to want what you're offering because they don't understand what you're offering or they don't know that that is actually the solution to their problem. They don't know that CSS is the solution to their problem of how their site looks and so forth. So again, make sure you cover those two things. The second one, which is really the big one, is they don't believe you. So if you look at everything that we do to sell ourselves, it's all about trust. And if there's one thing that you can do in the client acquisition process to help increase the amount of success you have and the amount of clients that, that you get, it would be focusing on building trust. So again, if you look at everything we do to sell ourselves, it's all about trust. Our portfolio, our job history, testimonials, certifications, degrees, all those are things that are designed to give some sort of proof that you can be trusted to deliver. So you obviously want to make sure and have all those things in place, but most other developers you're gonna are going to have those things in place as well. 
But if you're niched down like we talked about in the the first section and you're targeting very specific niche where you're seen as a specialist, you have all of these portfolio, job history, testimonial, certification degrees targeted towards that very specific job or that very specific service that you're offering, then again, the competition is going to be a lot less and it's going to be hard for people to compete with you simply because most of the other developers that you're going to be going up against don't have that. Their portfolio will kind of be all over the map. Their job history will be all over the map. Their testimonials, their certifications, their degrees. You want to make sure it's all focused on the specific service that you're offering. On top of that, then, you also, again, something I harp on constantly, you want to start creating valuable content that people who are searching for answers can find they can consume your content and then be brought into your funnel for converting them into a client. So that's the reason for all of the content that I produce. It's the reason for every system and process you see that I have in place. It's about attracting people who are interested in what it is that I'm doing and then getting them into my funnel for selling them on what I do. Okay. So Creating content is one a really great way to build trust that's outside of the standard things like portfolio and job history because if someone consumes a piece of content that you create that's designed to help them get some sort of result and they get that result, that creates immediate trust that you know what you're talking about. Especially if the problem is one that they've had a, a been struggling with for a long time and they've tried other solutions and they haven't had a lot of success, and they come to you, and you help them get success, that creates a great amount of trust and can almost override all of the other portfolio job history and so forth because the trust is there. So again, when it comes to they don't believe you, the biggest thing that you can do is focus on building trust. Again, do all the normal things for doing that, but then also on top of that, if you can start creating content and start helping people before they hire you, that's a very great and quick way to create trust on top of those other things or if you don't have those other things. Finally, then, the third reason why people don't hire is they don't believe in themselves. So if you've ever had a client who was, quote-unquote, on the hook, whether it be on a freelance site or in an email, and you felt like they were about to hire you, you felt like everything was going good, and then they just suddenly disappeared chances are they got a case of fear because they were realizing that they were getting close to actually implementing this dream that they probably had for so long and suddenly it gave them a lot of doubt and, and questioning about whether what they were pursuing was actually legitimate. And this is especially true if they're about to drop you know, 3000 or $5,000 to have somebody build something for them. That's a large investment, and if you have any doubt about the idea that you're pursuing in that regard, then it's very easy to get very doubtful and fearful when you're about to invest that heavily in something that maybe you're not completely convinced on yourself. So the way that you handle this is the first thing, make sure you try to only take on projects that you actually yourself believe are a good idea it you know i know it's not necessarily our job or even our business to 
tell people if their idea is something that we think is viable viable or not. And I'm not saying you even necessarily go so far as devise people that way. It's really a, uh, it's a bad route to go. However, if you uh, are, are working with a client on a project that you just, you're not sure, then it's going to sneak through and how you communicate and what you're doing. And more importantly, you're not going to be able to reassure your clients as they go through this process because that's the way that you deal with them getting fearful and doubtful. You tell them their idea is a good idea. You reassure them that what they're doing is smart and so forth. You can only do that honestly if you actually believe it. So you need to make sure you take on projects that you actually believe in. Now, every now and again, you will get someone who Maybe you don't agree that the idea is a good idea, but they are very strong-willed and very opinionated and don't necessarily need that reassurance. If you can read that from somebody, then I I personally believe it's okay to take that client because you're not having to engage in the kind of reassurance that would be dishonest. And they believe enough in their idea, and if that's the case, and and you're not going to have to get into any sort of you know, again, reassurance and calming, then so be it. But most clients you'll find when you talk to them still have some sort of lingering doubt about what they're doing. And so you need to make sure that you can honestly engage in reassuring them that they have a good idea, that they just need to see it through, uh, and that, you know, however things work out, you know, they'll they'll adapt and they'll figure it out and you know what they're pursuing is 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 a good path to pursue all right so again that's the third reason that people don't hire is they just simply don't believe in themselves and the way that you deal with that is you only take on projects that you think are good ideas and then you reassure the client that the idea they have is a good idea so and you start that from the very beginning i often respond to client requests when I get a client who approaches me a project and they lay it all out for me if I think it's a good idea I'll say it right there I'll say oh that's a really great idea I think that'll work well now I can only do that if I believe that but that's oftentimes the very first thing that I say because it helps reinforce and eliminate helps eliminate the doubts that they have and re reinforce their kind of waning belief that what they're doing is smart and it's a good idea. All right, so those are the three biggest obstacles for freelancers in getting clients. They don't want what you're offering, they don't believe you, and they don't believe in themselves. And that's how to deal with all three of them. All right, so that'll do it for this episode. If you have a question, you can head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash Quora, that's Q-U-O-R-A, And that will take you to my core profile and you can invite me to answer your question over there. Or you can tweet me at JP Morris using the hashtag JMO I want to know. And I'll try to get all those questions on the show. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the future episodes. And if you like this video or this episode, be sure to like it wherever you're at so I know that this is the kind of content that you're after, and I can produce more of it. And if you haven't yet, head on over to johnmorrisonline.com and download my free seven strategies to turn your code into cash cheat sheet. All right, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.